In our search for meaning and purpose, where do we find our value? In our work, in our things, in our pleasure? We're happy to have you here as we continue our teaching series, Chasing the Wind, Teachings from the Book of Ecclesiastes. Well, again, we are so glad you are here with us this morning, whether you're here in person, watching in our streaming room, in our Foundations Kids Ministry area, or watching online. We're so thankful that you're part of our church and part of this gathering this morning. I want to invite you to follow along with our sermon this morning by using the sermon notes that are found in our Riverbend app. So if you go to the Riverbend app and look under the section called Sunday Essentials, you'll find notes that you can follow along with the message this morning as we continue our teaching series called Chasing the Wind. Chasing the Wind. And as we think about what King Solomon, the wisest king to, to ever live, the wisest man to ever live, the wealthiest man to ever live, had to say about life. One of the things that you can't escape is he talked about life in a way of seasons. That seasons change and seasons don't remain the same. They, they come and they go and we all experience these highs and these lows in seasons. We all experience pain and gain in seasons. We think about the Lehigh Valley, and there's four seasons, right? There's four seasons. It's one of the, the reasons people like living in this area is because you get different seasons, different seasons. Like right now, we're in winter season. I know some of us are like, I'm not a big fan of this season, right? We're like, I'm ready for this season to be over. But there's a season coming called spring, and then we go from spring to summer and from summer to fall. And, and life is like that too. You know, we're not in just one stagnant season. Seasons change. Seasons move from one place to another. You know, again, we're not always in a, a constant state of just joy or where we're experiencing the gains of life or the highs of life. There are lows there as well. There are things that each and every one of us goes through. And what I want us to do today is even be able to understand that those seasons are going to be in our story. They're part of life because when they happen, even if you know they're going to happen, they sometimes come out of left field for us. There's this shock that happens when we experience these different seasons. And in my life recently, I've had a, a couple different seasons, seasons of great joy and of sorrow as well. And one of those joys for me, and I just want to give you a picture of what this looks like in real time in my own life, and maybe you can relate in your own story as well, is when I got invited to go down to a church that I consider my home church beyond Riverbend Community Church in the Atlanta area called North Star Church, and it's in Kennesaw, Georgia. So they invited Amy and I to come down. They flew us down. They wanted us to be a part of their celebration. And at the age of 19, I was introduced to what is called church planting because this church was a church plant. They were meeting at an area high school. And not only did I meet and get to encounter and experience church planting at a very early age, I got to see what a church looked like when they were living sent and in and for their local community. This church had such an impact on me and the way I view things that I didn't even realize it until I was sitting in the gathering in their Sunday services and hearing what they're talking about, I'm like, wow, I talk like that. I talk about the, the grace and truth that's found in Jesus and how we incarnate Christ to the community. And they're the church that 
when there's an issue or a need in the community, they're the first call that people make beyond emergency responders. You know, they, they say, hey, we believe that you can come alongside us because you've shown up again and again and again. And I'm just grateful for the legacy and investment that they've made in me. And this is their senior pastor, Mike Lynch, who's just speaking words of encouragement over me. And through this church, I met a bunch of other leaders who would go on to be church planters. And they would sponsor and partner and advise. In fact, I was on a phone call with a, a guy who's just celebrated 18 years up in Clifton Park, New York. I was asking his advice, getting his thoughts on, on just where they've been and experiencing the different things that they've experienced and comparing notes about context in the Northeast. And stuff like that came out of this, this place, this place called North Star Church. And while Amy and I were there, they proceeded to hand us this jumbo check, this jumbo check. And this wasn't a personal check for Amy and I, just FYI. This is for our church because they said, hey, we believe in what Riverbend is doing, that Riverbend carries the DNA of North Star Church of being about for and in their community, about living for Jesus and loving the valley. And he just kept saying that again. Hey, live sin, Joseph. Live sin. Keep living sin. Riverbend, keep living sin. And so they wanted to put fuel on the fire to what God is doing. I didn't even ask for a gift. I didn't ask for any of that. They just wanted to bless our church. Talk about a high. I came back. I'm like, yes. Like, I'm fired up. I'm like, this is amazing. And prior to me going, there was this low that happened. My, my grandfather on my dad's side passed away, and I really didn't know him. I didn't know him, and I didn't uh, get to really experience life with him. But while we were there comforting my father and my aunt and my grandmother, and again, in my story, uh, my family story, there's just a lot of fractured relationships. We were able to go and stop by and see my grandfather on my mom's side. And this is George Hibner, by the way, very handsome looking fellow. And George Hibner and I and, and John were visiting uh, with him, our grandfather, George, and he's a widower. And I just asked him, how are you doing being a widower? How, is that, how are you doing? And he proceeded to cry and say, I miss my wife. And he said something that I think is really important in this teaching series and in this message today. He says, you know, you think, you think you're going to have unlimited amount of time. But then it just has a way of catching up and going faster than you expect it to go. And he said this with tears coming down his face. And you know, for each and every one of us, when we think about the seasons that are going to come and the seasons that we're in, sometimes we expect them to go longer or shorter than they do. But here's the deal. I think what my grandfather said is really wise. We need to have a heart for wisdom so that we number our days, so that we savor the season, whatever season it is, and it doesn't mean that we need to make light of difficult seasons, but rather to have perspective, to have eyes to see, to have eyes to see. So as we think about this, the highs and the lows of seasons, here's what I want to say to you, that seasons change. Say that with me out loud. Seasons change. Seasons change. And this is what my grandfather was saying to me. My grandfather was saying seasons change. And they do change. And again, we, we know otherwise that it changes here. Different seasons, different seasons come and go. And in life too, seasons change, seasons change. And as we continue here, 
I want to remind us of this song. And maybe you're familiar with this song. Maybe you're not familiar with this song. And maybe you're like, oh, man, I don't know this song. And I would encourage you to just Google this song sometime. Not now. But listen to what the birds said, wisely said. And they took this from the words of King Solomon we're going to look at today. They said, to everything, turn, turn, turn. There is a season, turn, turn, turn. And a time to every purpose under heaven. And as we listen to what they're saying, again, they're, they're taking these words from King Solomon. And we're going to see specifically in Ecclesiastes 3 what Solomon had to say in just a moment. But as we know that, and as we know seasons change, seasons come and go, highs and lows of different seasons, pains and gains in different seasons. I want us to be thinking about this. First is this, what season are you in? I want you just to evaluate honestly before God, before safe, safe, trusted friends, what season are you in currently right now? Are you in a season of joy? Are you in a season of sorrow? Are you in a mixture season, right? A wintry mix, right? As they call it, right? What, what season are you in right now? And it's important that we're able to be honest about that because often we like to project, project we're in one season because we don't want to have to deal with the season we're currently in. And so what I want to encourage us to do is just to be honest. Hey, right now, it's a season of sorrow. I lost someone that I love. It's a season of sorrow. I got a diagnosis. It's a season of sorrow. I thought COVID would be done with by now. It's a season of sorrow. I thought the heat in the kids' area would be fixed, right? And we wouldn't have to have these ongoing issues, right? Or maybe it's a season of joy. A season of joy as you look at What's going on in your life? New friendships, relationships are being started. You're watching doors open that you've been praying for a very, very long time to open. There's just this sense of, of gratitude for what's going on in the season you find yourself in. There's a sense of joy that you feel. And again, I want to just be clear, you can still have joy in the midst of sorrow, but that doesn't mean the circumstances you're in are pleasant, right? There's a difference, right? There's, there's times you're in those environments and you're like, ah, oh, this is really, really hard. So what season are you in? And then the next part of this is how do we see seasons as God sees them? How do we do that? How do we see seasons as God sees them? We want to get God's view. We want to get his eyes on it. And one of the things that my, my wife does and has are these glasses, all right? And some of us have these glasses that we wear because we are farsighted, nearsighted. We need help when we're reading. And so she's got this handy case here. But my, my wife puts these glasses on so that she can see clearly, right? She, she puts these on. Or we, we use these glasses. I got these from Night to Shine a couple of years ago. A little Subaru action here, uh, sponsored here. Uh, so we can see when the, the sun's coming in our eyes and there's this glare, right? We want to be able to see. In the same way, what I want us to do is to put on our gospel glasses so that we can see seasons from God's perspective. I want us to be able to put those glasses on, to see them, again, from God's perspective, to see them as he sees them. So how do we do that? Well, I want us to hear what King Solomon had to say. I invite you to open up your Bibles to Ecclesiastes 3. You can use your app. You can use the, the Riverbend app. 
We also have copies of the Bible in the hallway. If you don't have a copy, we'd love to give you one. But I want you to hear what King Solomon had to say. He says this, Ecclesiastes 3, starting in verse 1. There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to uproot. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to scatter stones and a time to gather them. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. And as you hear what Solomon is saying, there's a season and a time for everything. There's a season and a time for everything. There's, a, again, a time to weep and a time to laugh, he goes on to say. And so as we think about what he gets at, at the center of it is, is simply this. There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. He says that throughout what he's going to share. So there's a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. Under the heavens. And so as we think about what Solomon is getting at, again, I don't want us to miss this because what he is telling us is about the human experience. What we're going to go through. What we're going to see. What we're going to see others go through as well. And he wants us to have that perspective to understand it, to understand what's going to come, what happens as we live our lives and as others live their lives as well. And again, he wants us to be able to see clearly, have our glasses on, right? He wants us to be able to see. He wants us to have these gospel glasses on to see it from God's perspective. And as we continue on here, I want to ask you this question. Do you live in light of the fact that seasons will change? Do you? Do you live in light of the fact that seasons will change? In other words, things won't always be the way that they are. And even as you have an ongoing struggle or an issue, God's grace wants to meet you in that, right? His grace is sufficient for you in your weakness. But do you live in light of the fact that the people that you are spending your life with, specifically your family, they won't always be here with you? Do you savor those people? Do you savor the season that you're in? Do you savor those who play a significant role in your life? Because it's easy to take it for granted, and it's easy to take those gifts around our, in our lives. It's easy to take them for granted. It's easy to get used to it or to get entitled to it. But one of the things and one of the ways that we see the seasons from God's perspective, to put on our gospel glasses, is we have a spirit of gratitude. And gratitude is less just about what you're specifically grateful for, and it's this general sense of understanding that all I have and all I have been given comes from God. I'm just grateful. I'm grateful for these simple things, insignificant things, and very significant things. I'm just grateful. Have a spirit of gratitude. And gratitude allows us to walk in the perspective, to have the, the gospel glasses on, to see it from God's vantage point, to see with clear perspective 
and a clear picture of, hey, this is what you've done in my life, and this is how you're at work. And even in the sorrowful times, I've been walking with different people recently who are going through sorrowful times, and they don't minimize the sorrow, but one of the things that they can point out is, man, I'm grateful for the time I got with my dad. I'm grateful that my dad isn't suffering. I'm grateful that God used this season to draw him to himself and for him to put his faith in Jesus. I'm grateful. Gratitude. Gratitude. This is the things I'm hearing from people. Again, not to minimize the heart, but rather to see it from God's perspective. So do you live in light of the fact that seasons will change? Do you number your days as King David and and Moses would talk about? That you would have a heart of wisdom and that you would grow in understanding from God's angle and perspective what it means to join him where you currently are, knowing that seasons won't be like they are forever. Do you live in light of the fact that seasons will change? Well, Solomon continues on here, and he says these words. He says, a time to search and a time to give up, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to mend, a time to be silent and a time to speak. And I think, boy, in our day and age, isn't that good? Isn't that good? Just thinking about that with me and my wife this week. I was like, oh, I should be silent right now, not speak. But that goes beyond those types of relationships, right? Time to be silent and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. And, and really, this is uh, speaking of this righteous anger that can come at times. Uh, this is what he's speaking of. A time for war and a time for peace. What do workers gain from, from their toil? I have seen the burden... God has laid on the human race. And as you read these seasons and as you hear them, he's not minimizing what they do and what the experience is for us. There's this burden. It's burdensome. It's heavy. It's difficult. Yes, there's a lot to be grateful for, but there's a burden that we carry. Anybody ever felt like that, that the burden of life is is there? It's real, right? And we don't have to pretend. And this is what he's saying. He's saying, hey, I want you to be honest. I want you to be able to see it from God's perspective, to put on those gospel glasses and to see it from God's perspective, this burden is real. And thankfully, we don't have to carry the burden alone. We can cast our cares on Christ because he cares for us. 1 Peter 5, 7, right? Jesus comes near to us in the burden, in the heaviness of life, and wants to shoulder the burden with us. And not only shoulder the burden, but he took on himself what we could not do in ourselves. Jesus perfectly and completely gave us what we could not ever earn, which is a right standing and a right relationship with God, to experience forgiveness of our sins, to know what it means to join him even with the burdens of life and to allow him to take the burden and do something with it. And that's what Solomon goes on to say. Listen to what he says here. He says, he has made everything beautiful in its time. He has made everything beautiful in its time. I want us just to read that phrase out loud together on three. One, two, three. He has made everything beautiful in its time. And he has made everything beautiful in its time. And I just love this promise. And he goes on to say, he has also set eternity in the human heart. Yet no one can fathom what God has done 
from the beginning to the end. I know that there is nothing better for people than to be happy and to do good while they live, that each of them may eat and drink and find satisfaction in all their toil. This is the gift of who? The gift of God. This is the gift of God. I know that everything God does will endure forever. Nothing can be added to it and nothing taken away from it or taken from it. God does it so that people will fear him. They will walk in this awe and reverence of him. So it says here that he has made everything beautiful in its time. So again, got to put our glasses on because we got to believe that he's going to do something with the burden. It doesn't make light of the burden. We can be honest, this is a burden, this is hard, this is painful, this is difficult. This still is a burden. Even the good things in life, good opportunities, exciting things, that, that has a burden in itself too because there's a responsibility with it, right? There's a stewardship of our lives with it. And one of the things that Solomon says is he has set eternity in the heart of humanity. And I just love this, the imago day of humanity, that we are image bearers of God, as it says in Genesis 1.26. And part of being in the image of God is that we have eternity within our hard wiring, in our hearts, the DNA for eternity. And what does that mean? Well, it's less about a place, because I think sometimes we get focused on the place, and more about whose presence we're in, and whose life that we are doing it with. And in Jesus, we experience the fullness of eternal life. A life that doesn't just start when we pass away. It begins today because it's found in what Christ has done for us. He has put eternity in our hearts. Have you ever wondered why you're so dissatisfied with things that you look to and you pursue that remind you of something greater is in need in your life? That you need something to satisfy your soul and to see those good things, again, from God's perspective, to have your gospel glasses on, to recognize who God is and what he's done and what Jesus has provided for you. And the beautiful thing about this is that today we can have his joy and peace and hope and love fill our hearts because of what Christ has done for us. And yet this is a preview of the coming day. The coming day where we'll stand face to face with him. And for those who have put their trust in Jesus, they will join him and rule and reign with him forever. But this is a preview of that coming day. That's why at Riverbend, you've seen us do things in our community and for our community. We're just responding. Eternity's been written in our hearts. Eternity's been written in the hearts of these medical professionals. We want to love them. We want to bless them. We want to point them to who Jesus is. When we go serve our community with Ripple or Night to Shine or many other ways that we do that, or when we think about our vocation, we want to live in light of what Christ has done for us to understand how we go about our work and who we do our work for and what it is that we're looking to do to point others towards Jesus matters. But he's also put eternity in our co-worker's heart, in our neighbor's heart. He's put eternity in our family member's heart. Whether they're a follower of Jesus or not, he's put it in there. And it's beckoning for them to step into what God has for them. And we want to be his hands and feet that hold out what Christ has done for them. 
We want to love and serve as Jesus loves and serves and share what he's done for all people. But I want you to pay attention. He says, I know that there's nothing better for people than to be happy and to do good while they live. And this sounds a lot like last week, and you're going to hear this theme repeated throughout this because I think it's important that we don't lose sight of the simplicity of the gift of life. There's this shalom that's meant to be ours. This, this shalom, this well-being, this sense of at peace that's meant to be ours. And we're meant to do good while we live. We're meant to eat and drink and find satisfaction in our work, even if it's not our forever career. <laughs> right? We're meant to find satisfaction when we're out there with a shovel. Right? That crazy snow we got. On Thursday, right? That snowstorm was like, oh, no, I'm just kidding. That was a joke. Uh, but, you know, the, the, but the snows that's fallen, right? Where you requires this shoveling, even these types of things. Hey, are we finding satisfaction in these things? It says here from King Solomon, again, this is the gift of God. This is the gift of God. This is a gift from him. Do we see all of life, the simple things that he gives us with that perspective? Do we put our glasses on to say, Hey, this is a gift from you. Life is a gift from you. This day is a gift from you. The person in front of me is a gift from you. The opportunity that you've put in my path is a gift from you. Or are we caught up in the past so much? The what-ofs, the could-ofs, the should-ofs. Or are we too caught up in the future? What's next that we miss? What's right now? What's right now in this moment? Again, let's live in this season. Nothing wrong with planning. Nothing wrong with, with asking what's now and what's next. But do we see this season, the season we're in, as a gift from God? Well, as we continue on here, I want to give you a couple things. Seasons change and God remains the same. One of the things King Solomon says, hey, there's nothing about God and his character that's going to change, even in the midst of our circumstances. And it's for us to be able to walk in a holy reverence of who he is. So seasons change and God remains the same. And it's so important for us to remember what it says about Jesus, that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hebrews 13, 8. He remains the same even when the seasons change. He's the one that we can build our lives on. He's the anchor in the storm. He's the, the one that gives us the peace that we need, even when the current of life is unpeaceful. And even when the opportunities that are emerging are so big and we're like, God, I don't even know what to do. I'm overwhelmed by that. He's like, okay, <laughs> let's, let's work it together. Let me, let me show you. Let me, let me lead you through it. Let's do it together. But again, seasons change and God remains the same. The next part of this is that I want us to think through the burden of life and the beauty that he wants to turn it into. Will you allow God to take the burden of life and turn it into something beautiful? Will you? Again, it doesn't discount the burden. It doesn't take away the sting and the pain of it. Uh, we just came up with the anniversary of my father-in-law passing away in 2011. Man, that's a burden. Our family has changed so drastically with his passing. It's painful to not have him in our life. It's painful that right after my wife turns 30, a month later, she watches her father collapse right in front of her and have a stroke. It's painful. It's a burden. That's a burden of life. But here's the thing we've committed to is saying, God, 
Will you take our burden and will you turn it into something beautiful? Will you take the pain of life and help us to walk with others who are going through situations and circumstances like that? And I can't tell you the amount of conversations I've been in lately. And part of what I want to share with them is less of, hey, here's what you need to do. Here's the things that need to happen right now. More of, hey, I just want to give presence and I want to help provide some perspective. I'm not projecting on you what you need to do or should do, but this is what I've seen over the years. I don't want to give you a cookie cutter answer and I don't want to uh, spread some uh, magic Jesus juju sauce on it, right? Some, some like, kind of potion, like somehow, mm, you're going to feel better. Mm, here's a verse. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> you know, there you go. Ah, don't you feel better? They're like, no, I don't. Like, in fact, I'm really mad at you. You know, like, you know, like rather I want to lean in and I want to say, hey, hey, this is hard. Let's talk about it. Let's, let's work through it. Let's pray together. But again, that only happens not because I'm so whatever. It happens when I choose to say, hey, this is a burden. Will you turn it into something beautiful, God? I'm handing it over to you. I'm handing it over to you. Uh, fractured families that many of you have experienced in your own life. I've said to God, I don't understand why it's this way, but I'm going to allow you to do something new with my family and to help others while being grateful for my family story. And it helps me to empathize with others as well. And you know what? The list goes on and on and on and on. But it's usually not from my strength that I'm able to minister most of people. It's usually from my most weakest, painful, vulnerable spot that I'm able to come near to, towards others and to point them towards who this Jesus is in the midst of it. And it's true of your life as well. But the question is, will you allow God to take the burden of life and turn it into something beautiful? He doesn't force it on you. You have to be a willing participant. You have to say, I'm surrendering. I'm surrendering. I'm, I'm journeying with you in this. I'm experiencing who it is and what it is that you have for, for me. I'm willing to go through this journey and this process to get there. And then the next part is this. Eternity is in your DNA. Do you live that way? Eternity is in your DNA. Do you live that way? Turn to your neighbor and just ask him this question. Go ahead. Yeah, eternity is in your DNA. Do you live that way? Do you live that way? Do you live in light of the day that's going to come where you're going to see Jesus face to face and he's going to make all things new? Do you live in light of that day? Because I think often we're waiting to get to a place and Jesus is saying, hey, I want you to know the, the place you need to get is with me and in my presence and receiving what I have for you and what I've done for you. Yes, there is a place I want to take you. I am going to make all things new. Yes, and amen to all of that. But Jesus really made it clear about what eternal life is. Listen to what he would say. Listen to what he says here in John 17, 3. He says, now this is eternal life. This is Jesus speaking. Great definition when Jesus speaks and it's in the Bible, right? And he starts off with this. Now this is eternal life that they know you, the only true God, in Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. The word know isn't intellectually I know, it's intimately I know. It's to say, I have relationship with you. It's not just like, hey, this is a great stool here, guys. Like, look at this stool, right? This is awesome right here. Or, or these are great glasses, but I don't, 
and I'm not going to trust them enough to put them on and to use them. Or I'm not going to trust this stool enough to sit on to make sure it's going to get my way. And, and hopefully I haven't eaten too many Christmas cookies. But look, here we go. This is what it means, right? To, to say, hey, I'm, I'm putting my full weight, the full measure of my life on you, Jesus. Your life, your death, your burial, your resurrection, your returning. This is what Jesus says, eternal life. And eternal life is our invitation today. Eternal life gives us the assurance of today, but also tomorrow when this life is over and we get to spend forever with him. But today we get to join him in being about his kingdom that has come and is advancing and perfectly will one day be here. Because here's the thing about seasons. They do change, but there's a day and time coming when they won't. And this is the last part of today. There is a season that is coming where things won't change, but will remain the same as Jesus rules and reigns forever. Meaning, there's a day coming where there'll be no more COVID, no more death, no more injustice. He's going to make all things new. There is a day coming, and we get to live in light of that day. We get to be a preview of that day. We get to live in light of that fact that that day is coming. Well, he'll wipe away every tear, every tear, and there'll be no more death, no more disease. And I am looking forward to that day, but I am grateful that I can live in light of that day, that it can be a yes and not yet. Yes, he is doing a work today, and it's not yet fully realized today. And and as we walk in our seasons of life, May we, may we put the glasses on. May we put the, the gospel glasses on to see how God's at work, to join him, even when I don't understand, even when I can't read, right? So these are Amy's reading glasses. Even, even when the sun's glaring, and I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm blind. I'm going to put these ones on. But I want to see it from your perspective. I want to join you in what you're doing in my life, in the lives of others, in this season, in this day, in this age, today. Today, I want to join you because, again, there's a day coming where seasons will not change. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your love for us. We're grateful. We're grateful for whatever season we find ourselves in. And, Lord, right now, I just want to invite those who are here. If you say, I'm in a season of great sorrow and pain, as we're just praying here, and I could just use some prayer, just raise your hand. Just raise your hand. And, man, I, I would just love the opportunity to just from here, I see a couple of hands going up. I just want to pray a prayer of comfort, Father, over those who are going through such a difficult time. Lord, the pain of life is very real. And, and yet in the midst of it, Lord, we're reminded that you're so good and you want to draw near even when our circumstances aren't good. Lord, I pray as we miss people that have been a big part of our lives who are no longer here or there's an ongoing issue within our family story or there's a conflict relationally, whatever it is, God. We want to invite you into those spaces, Lord. And then if you're here and, and you're saying, right now there's a lot of joy in my life, but I'm overwhelmed by the opportunity. I don't know what to do. I need wisdom. We just raise your hand? I'm just, I'm just looking. Yeah. Father, I just pray for wisdom. For all those who've raised their hand, who are like, this season right now, there, there's obviously pain that comes, but there's also joy. 
I pray for wisdom, Lord. And I pray even for the anxiety that will come even as we look at all these opportunities. I pray for your grace and your peace. And Lord, I pray that you administer as only you can. Lord, we're so grateful that you come near to us and that you join us in what it is that we're going through. And Father, for those who have yet to put their faith in you, I pray that day would be the day of salvation as well. Lord, we love you and we love that while seasons change, you remain the same. And we thank you that there's a day coming where you're going to make all things new. May we live in light of that reality. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.